My name is Saad Monzul. And I'm Travis Howard. Welcome to Reading Room Talk Live from Howard University. Thank you guys so much <laughs> yeah. for having us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excuse me, is this the reading room? Yes, I'm Dr. Saad Monzul. I'm Dr. Travis Howard. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the reading room. room. I'll just tell you guys a little bit about myself and Travis tell you a little bit about himself too. And uh, we'll kind of basically open it up to any questions or any other things you guys want to talk about. Um, so my name is Saad Monzul. I went to the Ohio State University and then um, I was at uh, George Washington for uh, radiology residency and then after that I was uh, I went to UCLA for an MSK fellowship and um, I worked in Dallas Texas for a little bit and then ended up back here in DC with this guy right here there you go yes <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, were you done yeah yeah it's all you so uh, Travis Howard here I um, started out at the Ohio State University and I uh, did um, engineering, worked for a little bit, um, and then I went back to medical school. And I did my residency at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, and then my uh, fellowship at MGH in interventional radiology. So this is my first job out of, out of training. And yes. um, I'm here, happy to be here. We're here, yes. Thank you so much for letting us coerce you guys to make us come over here, because we really wanted to come to Howard. I feel like, uh, you know, neither of us like went to Howard, but no. you know, like any other uh, African American institution, we feel like you know we're part of Howard because you know the first black doctors came from here, and uh, we feel like they kind of paved the way for all of us. You know, like back in the day when we weren't able to go to school anywhere else, you know, they were able to give us an opportunity so other people can actually see doctors actually working. So, you know, even though we did not go to Howard, we feel like we are part of Howard. So we really, really appreciate you guys letting us come here and letting us, uh, you know, talk to you guys about, you know, our experiences and answer any questions that you guys may have. And special, special shout out to uh, Marcus for putting this together and uh, Katie and Kathleen for organizing this today. Um, we really, really appreciate it. I know we were kind of going back and forth about whether we wanted to come or not, but in the end, I think we really, really just wanted to, to be here with you guys. So that was like the most important thing for us. And also just to see the campus. I mean, I know when you're in school, you kind of take it for granted, but you guys are like on a legendary, you guys are in a legendary place, you know, with a lot of, you know, very, very important people walk through these halls and a lot of very important um, people and uh, trailblazers came through these uh, hallways that you guys are in now. So. We just wanted to come and show our support and appreciation for everything you guys are doing. Absolutely. Very happy to be here. And first and foremost, you know, we want to be a help to you guys as much as we can be um, and just put a face to the journey. And and again, I'm very happy to be here. This um, the historical significance of this place. It just it feels good. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it does. It does. It just uh, I think, you know, for for us who like did not Shall go to HBCUs? It's, uh, it's it's just important for us to be able to come, and we really appreciate you guys allowing us to be here today. And uh, you know, the whole uh, podcast that we're trying to come, you know, put together basically is just trying to help people that are on the journey, who are like, you know, trying to decide what to do and how to make it. And you know, there's going to be bumps on the road, and uh, there's going to be things that uh, you know could could potentially break you. But I think you know, just sharing these stories and putting them on wax and being able to um, you know share these later on with people. Is really important because you know me and Travis talk about all the mentors that we had on the way yeah and uh, you know we try to always tell people about the mentors we had but it would always be nice if we could have heard those mentors speaking so we just want to get this all on wax for everyone and uh, hopefully you know it'll help you uh, make a decision or not make a decision or you know just be entertained hopefully so <laughs> that's the yeah. that's the number one thing so the podcast should be like live uh, next week and uh, yeah, we're excited. We'll keep it going. Yes, yeah. we'll keep it going. And we want you guys to be on it as well. So if you guys ever want to uh, get at us, you know, we're going to be on IG at Reading Room Talk. Um, on, uh, you can always send us an email at readingroomtalk at gmail.com and uh, on Twitter, as, on well. Twitter as well. Yeah, at Reading Room Talk. So um, with that being said, uh, we can get uh, started now. Awesome. So, 
does anyone have any questions? We'll, we'll, we'll talk to our live audience first. Any particular questions, any concerns, any stories you guys want to share? Great, I can start. Yeah. Uh, so the question was why you chose radiology and at what point did you realize it was you know, what you wanted to do? So for me, I, I um, had exposure to radiology early in our curriculum at the University of Cincinnati. And um, I was just taken aback by the, the intelligence, the, the, the way that the radiologist dictated a report and looked at these images, these shades of gray and black and, and just actually provided a blueprint for the next step in patient care. To me, I thought that was so important. I thought that was like, that was everything. So that's what really initially drew me in. People would talk about the dark room and how can you sit in a dark room all day? I never really even saw a dark room. I was just captivated by the images in front of me and the pathology that I would see and then the interest of the attendings that they had and what they were doing. You know, we're talking about you know, in your academic setting, there's people huddled around these monitors and they want to know what's going on, why is the temp up, or why is this patient in pain, or, you know, and you're able to answer that question when no one else can. And to me, I thought that was, I thought that was amazing. Um, so that was how I got initially interested into it. It came out of nowhere because I started med school like a lot of people in IR. They wanted to be surgeons. That's really maybe all they knew about uh, before they applied. But... Um, once I, once I saw that and experienced that, I, I got hooked, you know, they hooked me, so. Yeah, that's it. You know, I feel the same way. I mean, I think uh, we talked about this on an episode before, you know, I, I wanted to be a surgeon and uh, I was really interested in being a surgeon and uh, was gung-ho about it. And uh, honestly, like, uh, I just wasn't built for surgery. Like, <laughs> just was not built for it. Like, that's the honest truth, it was like, that. The hours were long, the, um, you know, like, I, I think, like, you know, being in the OR just wasn't as interesting to me, too, and then, um, you know, like, and uh, you know, a lot of complications, and, you know, to me, I like, I, I like radiology because you get in, and you're, like, looking at a thing, and you're, like, solving a problem, and you're moving on to your next problem, and then you're kind of helping other people, you know, meet, you know, first of all, you meet a lot of people, too, so you, you kind of have to know everything you know you'll be in a reading room and then like a neurosurgeon will come in and ask you about an MRI of a brain and then the next minute a vascular surgeon will come in and ask you about ultrasound and then you know then orthopedic surgeon will come and ask you about MRI so like you know you do have to know a lot that's why the residency is so long I mean you really do have to know a lot because people are coming to you and asking you questions and it's super interesting obviously and the technology is um, you know amazing and you know even you know I've only been radiologist for like less than 10 years but just seeing like the way images have already changed how like the uh, quality is improved the speed is improved um, you know all that is uh, super super interesting and uh, you know my wife is also a uh, primary care doctor so you know it, it's, it's it's cool to see like how you know everything kind of correlates like when we say something like what it kind of it kind of determines what the next step is for a members like uh, or patients like uh, management so I, I think from that standpoint it is really nice you may not get the hugs that other people get you know from your patients but uh you know that's okay just do IR man see that's back into the surgery world yeah yeah and, a little uh, bit yeah I told but, you I'm not built for that <laughs> not built for it yeah <laughs> yes Oh, you got it. Um, so, interventional radiology for me, I saw an angiogram and I saw a physician treat a, a patient in a way that no one else could. I, I saw a minimally invasive way of treating people and I thought that was the future. I could get my clinical fix, I could get my diagnostic fix, I could get all of it with IR. I was a little afraid of the lifestyle. No, real talk. I thought, man, I don't want to be up in the middle of the night embolizing bleeds. But at some point, I looked around at every other discipline of radiology or subspecialty, I should say, and I thought that's that was where I belong. And I'm, yeah, I'm very happy I made that decision. So, you know, 
I think when you're trying to make a choice, you want this perfect fit. You want everything to like line up and your lifestyle. And it, you got to take a plunge at some point and maybe realize that there's give and take in all of it. So that's how I chose IR, patient care oncology, interventional oncology, man. I just so gratifying. So um, I love what I do. But yeah, and you're in there with your hands, you're doing yeah. things, yeah. you're seeing patients, you're in clinic, yeah. like you're like, how you an active role in like, you know, what patients are going through, which yeah. is uh, super important. Um, as far as me, you know, I, I chose MSK because uh, I'm a black man and I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon originally, just like all the other black guys. And then, <laughs> and then I was kind of like, you know, I should probably choose something that I can actually survive. And, uh -huh. um, you know, like, I just remember like on my ortho rotation, like kind of looking at the um, MRIs with the uh, orthopedic surgeons and, uh, you know, they never, actually you know ask us about ask a radiologist what they what they think oh but, no uh, can't do that <laughs> but, but for me that was good i was like you know if you guys aren't gonna ask me i can just say what i want right <laughs> <laughs> but i mean I, I think the other thing was uh the personalities in msk were like really to my liking you know people who are like into sports people who like um you know they like mechanism of injury you know they're interested in looking at small ligaments and labral tears and correlating that with like what um, a patient was uh, experiencing. And then for my fellowship, you know, I ended up at UCLA and um, UCLA is a big orthopedic oncology center. And uh, when I was interested in ortho, I was also interested in ortho-onc. So it was nice to be at a place where like, you know, we had like a pretty big uh, orthopedic oncology service. We had like a weekly, uh, basically like grand rounds basically, where we like went through like 25, 30, like, you know, crazy patients and their tumors and just kind of learning about that. And then even in our in my fellowship, did a lot of procedures, a lot of bone biopsies, you know, a lot of, we did ablations, you know, we did, we did everything in the fellowship. So it was, it was really nice. It was really hands-on and um, it was quick, you know, like you read MSKMR, it's like, you know, four or five sequences, you're out. So yeah, yeah. for me, it was impatient. That was, that was good. Um, Instant gratification. Exactly. On to the next. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And then the other thing is, you know, again, the ortho people, they don't necessarily ask you, like, what's going on here? So it's like, I can just say what I want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Any other questions? Well, we'll tell you a little bit more about our uh, process of applying, I yeah. guess. Um, so, like, when I was in... Um, Basically, when I was, a, I went to Case for med school, and then when I was there, you know, like the process for us, you know, I applied to like a bunch of programs um, at the time. Um, I think I applied to like, I think it was like 60, 60 programs, something crazy, like you know, because because you, you you're trying to get a spot, you're trying to get an interview, and um, and we talked about this in previous episodes. You know, sometimes like you know, if you don't have like the highest grades, but your personality is good. What'll happen is, you know, you might not get as many interviews as, pe as other people, but hopefully, like the interviews you get, you know, you're able to crush those interviews, and you're able to get in there and like kind of show your personality and, um, you know, be able to communicate and, you know, basically not be a weirdo. I think, uh, you know, like when you sure when you guys apply to med school, like you know, you'd be sitting in a room with other candidates, you're like, oh, these guys are <laughs> out of their minds. So, <laughs> you know, you, you do want to like. Like basically, you just want to not fail. You just want to be normal. Like the more normal you can be, the more that people can feel like they can sit in a dark room with you for like hours. It's kind of weird to say, but that's really what it is. Like you want to have a personality that's like amendable to like um, you know being able to talk and being able to communicate and being able to like kind of jump from subject to subject and also not get you know flustered because you know you'll be in the reading room and. You'll be reading a CT scan, and then someone will come interrupt you, and then the next thing is uh, you'll get a telephone call for a protocol, and then the next thing is, you know, you got to go out and do a procedure. So it's, uh, you know, you got to be, you know, malleable basically yeah. in, in order to like, um, and be able to like focus quickly. You know, like how you yeah. handle stress is very important. Very important, yeah, because yeah, like uh, I'm pretty sure there's not a radiologist who reads more than one scan at a time. No, can't you do know, that. You know, you'll get, you'll be on call and like the ER will be calling you or like outpatient center will be calling you asking for readings and you'll be like, you know, I can only read one at a time. That's and it. you have to focus on the one that you're on. And uh, I, I really feel like radiology is very much like being an athlete because, um, you know, if you see like LeBron go miss a dunk, you know, it's going to be on TV forever. 
<laughs> and the same thing in radiology. You know, you miss, you miss a tumor, you miss like a nodule, you miss an aneurysm. Oh, it's yeah. it's there. It's bad. You know, it, it'll be there. And and you have to be okay with like uh, missing. You kind of have like you definitely have to have like a um, a growth mentality when it comes to these things. You know, like you know your misses are going to come back to you. They're going to come and be like, yeah, you missed this. Yeah. And being able to um, recognize that you know like people miss, and you just got to learn from it and. That's right. You got to like change your search pattern sometimes. You got to focus on things that you know you're not focused on, you know. So all these things are like super, super important um, for, uh, you know, being a radiologist. And I think being able to show those characteristics like when you're in your interview is super important as well. And I think that uh, you bring up some great points because when you're on an interview trail, those are the questions you're going to be asked. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with failure? How do you deal with a mess a miss? Or how do you... How do you bounce back when you've had some sort of hardship in, in clinical medicine? If you're able to learn and the patient doesn't suffer, man, that's a win. That's a super win. That's a, that's a, that's a win because you're going to learn and you're never going to do that again, more than likely. And the patient didn't suffer. So um, it's hard to look at it that way. Yeah. In all actuality, when you're in residency and they tell you, oh, your, your miss rate is this. <laughs> or, you know, you, you finish the night, your overnight call, you're already tired and you're thinking, what? And then you, you're checking your email the next day. What did I miss? What did I miss? What did I miss? And then like you, you look the next day, you yeah. maybe you didn't miss anything, and it's a it's a good feeling. Well, it might be but, a couple of days. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a week. But if like, you oh, miss something, I could say I would. I remember getting so upset about a small sliver of a pneumothorax that yeah. I might have missed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not even real. It's, you know, in my head, I'm like, this is Denny. What is he smoking? Like, that's not. But. You yeah. know, um, no, that's true. That's it's true. but it meant nothing. Clinically, yeah. it meant nothing. It does, it's it just does. like, do they want to nick me apart? Oh, there's a nodule in the right lower lobe that you didn't see yeah. on call at 4 a.m. Exactly. Get out of here! Why would I be so upset about that? Exactly. exactly. But I was. Yeah, and you should. And so, and that's part of the growth yeah, mentality. Yes, that's right. It you makes know? you better. So you know, your search pattern. You're not going to miss the lingual. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, exactly. do, you're gonna do what you gotta do. Exactly. Um, I remember always like not. I always miss like adrenal stuff. Oh man! So you then have I had to change. Spots. Yeah, exactly. So yes. I changed my search pattern. So that's like the first thing I look at now. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's just learning about like, you know, these are things I'm looking for. Like, and I think also like when you guys end up going into radiology, it's 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 very important to be, you know, on routine. You know, like when you open up a study, like you should have your search pattern already set. You know, because yeah. like everyone knows a janitor sign, right? Where like a janitor can walk in and be like, oh, cancer. You know, from like 30 feet away, but. <laughs> You have to be able to like locate everything else, yeah, 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 because you're responsible for everything on the screen. So, and, and you're also responsible for um, the proper management. And I think that's one thing I learned during my residency was that like, you know, you can call something, but you better make sure that the people right. know what you're saying and how important it is. That's right. Be clear. Be clear. Clear. I mean, that's like next to godliness. Clarity, yeah, exactly. clarity and brevity exactly. is next to godliness, and being able to to. You know, organize your thoughts and present it, and that's an art in itself. I feel it really is. You know, when you really, really want to have sound reports and, and be helpful. Yes. Hey, you know, that's um, that's something you work on. So, I mean, we're getting caught up in the nuances of radiology, and I could talk at length about it. Um, but it's important. It's super yeah. important. I, I want to know from you all. Like, there's a lot of talk about AI, and there's a lot of talk about AI and how it's going to affect yes. future jobs and radiology. Yes. And yes. yes. I want to hear from you all. What are you hearing, and what do you do? You have any fear? Is is that change the applicant pool in your opinion, or or anything um, along those lines? So what I've heard, what I've heard is it's only going to help us. Okay. It's only going to help us do our jobs more efficiently, more accurately, but it's not going to replace us. And as long as we continue to bring like value, find ways for Yeah, I agree. Yes. I mean, you're going to have that, right? I can't tell you how many times a, um, you know, a clinician will call me and they want to talk to someone, right? They want to know, like, what do you think about this? And, and what's the next step? You know, I, I think, I don't know that AI will be able to do that. Um, what definitely won't be able to be there in the hospital and talking to the clinician and, and yeah. you know, have that exchange. Um, but, you know, I, I agree. I really think, you know, it's just going to help with like computer assisted detection and mammography like it's just it'll helpfully just be a tool to help 
that 4 a.m. Miss Nodule, you know. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, first of all, shout out to Kathleen for saying us because uh, you feel like you're going to be a radiologist, which is excellent. You've got to oh, have yeah. that confidence. So. <laughs> <laughs> excellent. Awesome. Oh, excellent. That's excellent. Great. And uh, I think, you know, like the volumes aren't going down in radiology. You know, oh, like, no. The volumes are not going down. Like people are getting more scans, they're getting scanned faster. And the scans are coming quicker. And um, if anything, I think like uh, you know, AI is going to help us get through scans more. You yeah, know, I like that. And uh, you know, it'll just help us be more efficient. And like you said, not miss the four a.m. four millimeter nodule. Yeah. Very important sometimes. Yes. Not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> but uh, you know, like these things are really important. Um, and uh, and and with any field, I think like you know, I remember when like. I was at GW and they got like the Da Vinci robot to like do like surgeries. And then people are like, oh, surgeons are done. Like, no. They're not done. Like, no. The surgeon operated in Europe from, exactly. from the, you know, from this office. People are not, they're not doing that. Like, yeah, that's, no. that's not happening. That's, that's, that rate of change is too fast. And, um, you know, it's still medicine. It's still a specialty that relies on, you know, talking to people, having rapport. And um, if anything, you know, like it'll give us more of opportunity to talk to patients and kind of give us more of opportunity to, um, you know, discuss management. And, you know, like at our practice now, like when we read a report, it gets released to the patient's email, like right then when we sign it, yeah. you know, and like they're able to actually send reports direct or send questions directly to us. And um, as volumes increase and our efficiency has to increase, it's going to give us more time to, um, you know, communicate with physicians directly and communicate with patients directly. and. I think another part of like kind of doing this podcast also let, let let people know that you know radiologists you know are you know doctors too you oh, know man. we're not the ones taking the x-rays yeah but <laughs> they're all very very important yeah let me so. tell you when you go into a tumor board meeting yes and there are two people in that meeting that they everyone is listening to <laughs> and right. that is the radiologist and the pathologist that's right. And that's, you want to know the power of a radiologist, I think you just go to a tumor board meeting, you'll see. Like, oh, yeah. You know, we, we make a big difference in patient outcomes, and you guys already get that. But mm -hmm. I just get excited when I think about how fortunate I am that I chose this field and that yeah. I get to do it. And it pays well. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. I get to, and I get yeah. to get home to my family most nights um, intact. Yeah, very important. And that, that helps great. you become a better doctor, too, right. when you have that time to, like, kind of unwind and you have the time to, like, kind of do your other, you know, activities outside of medicine. That is only going to make you a better doctor. So, like, anytime, you know, I feel like sometimes the culture of medicine is you can't talk about a lifestyle specialty. But, you know, if you feel like, you know, you need that away time to be a better, you know, ophthalmologist or radiologist or it's the road radiology, ophthalmology, derm. anesthesiology, and dermatology, yeah. maybe a little E for ER, maybe. So, oh, yeah. You know, those special, it's, it's important. Like, you, you have to know yourself before you're choosing a field, and uh, yeah, you have to know the personalities, and you have to know that, um, like, like you say, it's very important. Like, you know, you can say something, and, like, literally people will just come to the reading room and start yelling at you, because that's how important you are. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's absolutely true, so. Yeah. You know, and I wanted to see as much pathology as I could, because I felt like that would make me a better radiologist. That said, I think the most important thing you can do is go where you feel that people will support you, where you get a good vibe from the attending attendings. Trust your gut, and you know if you feel like the personalities mesh well, go with that, because. Most pathology you can look up in a book. <laughs> Most pathology you can look on StatDX. I think yes. it's invaluable to, to have that support so you can get through those four years and, you know, maintain your identity, maintain your, you know, self-esteem and feel good about what you chose. It, I, I think that, and maybe you're not as susceptible as I might have been, but if you go somewhere that you don't like the people and you don't like the department, you'll second guess everything. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. So I think that's most important. And then if you can get your pathology fix, and if you can then be, maybe be close to family, some, some where you have some support, I would rank those as the top, the top three things that I would I would make on my list. Yeah, for matching someone. And yeah, that's I agree with that. I mean, I think uh, I have a news flash for everyone. If you haven't heard, all hospitals have pathology. <laughs> like it's unbelievable you won't believe it but like 
You'll see appendicitis at Brigham. You will see appendicitis at UT Southwestern. You will see appendicitis at Mumbai State. You know, like you right. will see it everywhere. So like, I think the personality thing yeah. is very, very important. You do want to be in a comfortable environment. You do want to be in a place where like, you feel like uh, you'll get supported. You know, you feel like you won't get berated for making mistakes. You want to be in a place where um, you just feel comfortable. Cause you know, like, you, you have to be in a comfortable place mentally and emotionally and physically in order to learn. Because if you're like always on edge and always like, you know, trying not to miss, it's like, again, it's like being an athlete. If you're out there like thinking too much, like it's going to be really, really tough for you. So I think definitely, um, you know, choosing a program that, uh, you know, kind of supports you because they're going to see the pathology and you're not the first resident at that program. Like they've graduated people from that residency. They've gone on to become really well-trained, you know, radiologists. So... You know, at GW, you know, one thing I liked about GW, at least, was I didn't even know this when I got there, until I got there, but it was basically after second year, you were on call in the hospital by yourself at night. And that was kind of a big deal for, for, for like, a lot of people. And a lot of people chose not to go there because they were like, oh, I don't want to be a, a second year, like, having to learn. But, um, you know, like, you're going to get thrown in the fire at some point, you know? Yeah. Like, you really are. I mean, there's, there's those programs where, like, you have, like, a, you have someone reading over you at night like all the time so like the first time you actually put down your own reads is like when you go to fellowship or like when you go to work which is like crazy to me like you know like you don't want to be the first time putting in final reports that like sit for days when it's like you know after you graduated you know like you want to have that pressure you do want to feel like you know you're actually affecting patient outcomes and like what you say matters and that's all super super important but I think the pathology thing is kind of overrated yeah. to me i, I, I mean think, now today when you can yeah. pull up an image of just about anything yeah i mean it helps to be able to sort through it and exclude some things but it i'll does. tell you some of those those rare zebras that yeah. i would see during residency at mayo i don't i don't see them yeah i, no, I mean they, they, that's, they come to mayo yeah right they come so, to mayo for them you know yeah. but and, and but like a place like even you know like Regardless of what they say about wherever institution you're at, like you will see the pathology that you need in order to become a great doctor. Like doesn't not necessarily that's not necessarily like a radiology thing. That's like any hospital that's been around. Like you're gonna see the pathology. You're gonna have to learn to treat it. And just being in a comfortable environment, like you said. Yeah. I mean, if you can get that mix of like, um, you know, the pathology that you're looking for, but also pathology is you know it just shows up. Yeah. It really does. It just shows up. You know, we're at a practice that's like. Not like academic institution, but we see a lot of we do. you know crazy stuff, you we know. Do. So like it's, uh, it, I don't think that necessarily is as important as you know just being in a positive environment. I agree. That's gonna like help you learn and help you, you know, just become a better radiologist. That's the whole point is to become a radiologist. So. And I think it's important too, like it, to point out. I know it's probably difficult in the in the COVID environment mm-hmm. to like really get acquainted with the program. And I don't know if that's lightened up or, or some restrictions have lightened up. Maybe more people are more comfortable now that we, you know, we have our vaccines and boosters. But don't be afraid to do a second visit. Don't be afraid to do a second look, a third look, however many looks that need, you need, if that's possible, you know, just so you can feel good about your decision. I don't think any programs would, you know, push you away if you wanted to do a second look. No, no, no. I think like the whole thing right now with the virtual interviews is easier for a lot of programs to do the virtual interviews right now. Um, but, uh, you know, if you feel like you want to go and actually, you know, set foot in a place before you're there for four years, that's okay. You know, you should be able to call them and be like, hey, I just want to come and take a look or talk to someone in person there, even if it's just the program coordinator or just like look at the reading room to see what the vibe is like. Other fellows yeah, or I other residents. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that at all. And I was going to say, I feel like, you know, when we're applying, um, you know, people would cancel interviews because they didn't want to fly to certain places. I wonder how it's going to be for you guys where, like, people might not be canceling their interviews because it's just a Zoom call. So, yeah, that's tough. Yeah, so, like, I think definitely try to follow up with people if you feel like uh, you're interested in a program that you haven't heard back from. You know, definitely, like, call, email them. If you have, like, something new on your resume that you want to throw on there, just give them, like, a resume update. Um, that's yeah. all super important. So, um, a lot of times it boils down to your initiative yeah, and how excited you are about that place, mm-hmm. about that opportunity, 
because you know they want to know that you want to be there, and they want they want to know if they rank you that it's going to link up. Exactly, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, yeah, they don't want to go low on their like ranking list either. Just the same way you don't want to go low on your rankings list. So, you know, like if you can talk to them and kind of get an idea, because even if you did interview live, you know, like some people still come back for second looks and third looks yeah, and absolutely. stuff. So. And also talking to the residents who, I think for me, like one important thing was trying to talk to the residents who are like not um, part of the interview process, trying to like just stop one and just ask them real quick, like, hey, what's going on yeah. here? How do you like it? You get like, a good feel for the yeah, place if you can catch a tired resident. Exactly. <laughs> it exactly. might divulge a exactly, lot of information. Exactly, exactly. Just kind of stop them in the hallway. and So tell me how you really feel. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, but that's all super important. And, and that that translates. I mean, that that's for like any type of job. I feel like yeah, you know, like absolutely. it's not. This isn't like a residency thing. I think when you go off and start applying to like jobs afterwards, that's also super important too. Like you, you know, you want to kind of get the perspective of people who are not interviewed or not, you know, uh, part of the interview process in order to uh, get you know more candid information about you know a certain program. Um, yeah, and, and and like you'll learn how to do it. There's a there's an art to it. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, yeah. yeah you'll have to. <laughs> You can't just ask anybody. You know, you'll you'll, you'll figure out who to ask. And sometimes they'll be like, wait, waiting. They'll be on the side, just like, come talk to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's super important as well. Yeah. What else? Um, what's that? Do you guys have? Do you have any other particular questions at all? Anything on the anything? Um, no, we have a couple of people. Yeah, oh, you're back. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. Yeah, I what a good interview yeah, question. I would yeah. want to know, like, how, you know, how you, the time off you have for board prep. You know, I think that was huge. True. Because you can get you can get bogged down in the work, but if you you need time to go, to go over all the required you know sections of the of the board exam and, and knowing how to you know knowing that you have some time to prepare for that, I think is important. Also, knowing that you have some time in your fourth year to to sort of create that mini fellowship. Um, so that maybe you come out of training after fellowship with having a couple of subspecialties that you're very important that are that you're very comfortable with. So you're able to those, market that, yeah. yeah. Like I think if you end up like let's say you did like an MSK fellowship, but then you did a, a Mamo mini fellowship during your yeah. you know during your residency. You can sell that. Yeah, for you sure can sell when that you when job. you go get a job. Yeah. Exactly. So that that's super important. But can you explain a little bit about the board's process because I know it's different. You kind of went through oh, different man. situations. Yeah, I mean. So I, I remember having time to just buckle down and get through a lot of questions and all the subspecialties and trying to learn as much as I could because, you know, you learn it. You may not revisit, say, mammography for another year, but you need to brush up on all of that. Yeah. So if you're trying to brush up on all that and you're on call and you have no time to do so, that can just add to your stress levels as you're trying to prepare for that test. So, Very true. Um, you know, I... The details of the test kind of a blur. I like to blur. I like to block it out. Because <laughs> so you took it during your like was it during your third, third year? year? Yep, third year. So you year. take the first part during your third first year. First part and you're board yeah board eligible. Yeah. And then you do your fellowship and you go back and you, you know for me IR I took a combination of the oral and written exam mm -hmm. and that was not long ago. Yeah. A couple of years ago. And um, that's actually after you finish fellowship now. Yes, yes, yeah. and you worked for a bit. So. Yeah. Um, the interview questions I would ask: What do you do for board prep? Um, also, how do you like support your residents who struggle? Yeah. How do you support your residents who have issues? And then um, that's great. Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, those are important. Questions. And in time for mini fellowship, like time for. You know, diving into your interests, your subspecialty. Exactly, exactly. How do you handle call? How what, what sort of backup do you have when you're on call? Mm -hmm. I mean, that that yeah. can that can be very important. Yes, that can make or break you. Yeah. So that's super important. Um, I think also like just general interview advice is just interviewing the interviewer 
you know, like people like to talk about themselves. So like the more you can just interview them and ask them like, you know, why do you like it here? What made you come here? And like, you know, do a little bit of research on the people you're interviewing with, you know, ask them questions about like any type of research that they've done, where they trained, um, you know, why they are at that particular institution. Um, you know, and also like, you know, to, to, to be like a nice person, you always, always, always ask about people's families and, you know, life situations. I mean, that'll always help you stand out, you yeah. know, like whenever like you actually care about the person and, you know, kind of make a connection that way. That's that's also super important because, uh, you know, they may be like attendings and program directors, but they're still humans. Yeah. You know, they still have lives and they still, you know, go through the same things that you go through as well. So like, don't, you know, try to turn, turn down your intimidation factor and just try to be, just try to be nice, like yeah, a man. nice person, you know, just try to be a nice person. I remember asking, I remember asking them, so I'm moving to Rochester, Minnesota. How are you gonna support an African-American man age whatever when i yeah. get into that yeah but 21. how are you going to how are you going to support me and how am i going to feel good in rochester minnesota and you know some i squirm in their chair a little bit <laughs> but you know they eventually gave me some answers that i felt like were sufficient enough yeah um me and my wife went up there and we had a baby it was a good experience but those some might call them bold questions or maybe you know that the interviewer might be uncomfortable when you ask them those questions but the the on the other side of that is like okay this guy's serious yes. he wants to come yes he's all challenging coming. me a little bit but he really wants to be comfortable so exactly. just being honest that there's this uh whole concept of like um radical candor that mm -hmm. i think people really gravitate towards <laughs> if you can really just keep it a buck just exactly. let them know this is me this is what i want to do exactly that that helps out Exactly, exactly. Helps you find the match. Yeah, no, that, that's it. Because, like, if you guys can connect on something that's outside of medicine, that's going to help you, you know, help you feel comfortable, you know, there, like, when you're actually, you know, talking to them. So. Uh, and then things are, that can make your break your application. Exactly. Um, letters of recommendation, I think, are, are key. You know, once you've gotten into radiology residency, you have found a way to get along with the people because again you know it same in radiology but i feel like it's a little bit more so in ir because the levels the stress levels can be higher and if yes. if the attendings feel comfortable with you and know that you can keep your cool they don't mind being around you for those long cases and those long hours and they can endorse your personality and send those letters out the ir world is very small and i you know for me i think the biggest difference was just having a personality uh, that people didn't mind being around and being able to get those letters of recommendation that were supported. So th that's key, I think, in IR. It's not a test score. You got to learn IR, right? I, on my board exam, that was my lowest score. <laughs> it was IR, and that's what I went into. And you know, I'm not ashamed to say, but you know, it wasn't long before I was in fellowship. And I felt really strong and felt comfortable in yeah. IR. So I wouldn't say don't feel like you need to be a whiz kid when you go in. Matter of fact, if you're a whiz kid and you try and show it, that might be a turnoff. You might not have that letter of recommendation. It's a lot of whiz kids. From, yeah. So I would just be humble and 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 um, try and get a good letter of recommendation. But trying sounds bad. I mean, it's just. No, the letters are important, I think, for IR. IR is a smaller world. You know, the people, you know, the, the IR people know each other. Yeah, they You know, it's not like DR. Like, the IR people actually do know each other. They go to conferences. They've probably written papers together. So, like, oh, yeah. these letters are super important because it's not really about what they say in the letter because they're just going to call them and text them and be like, hey, is this guy good? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, like, being able to get that type of, um, you know, feedback and that type of support, it, it is super important, I think. So, and I think specifically for IR because, I mean, you know, DR, DR is like another world, obviously. So, uh, but IR people know each other, and um, you know, like that. And that's again, that translates to life as well. You yeah. know, when so, you go get a job, it's yeah. going to be the same thing. So it's true. So if you have an opportunity to to match at a program, a fellowship where someone puts out a lot of papers, and you're able to yeah get along well with them, and they can support you in your future endeavors. I mean. I guess what I described is like the dream for everyone, but mm -hmm. really it's kind of like 
if you can be strategic in that way, it, it, I think it'll pay off. So go. Yeah. A smaller program where no one knows the attending that backs you is a little harder to make that next step. Exactly. No, it is. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And I think also that, um, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think that's that's exactly right. Like you just, you know, when you when you have a goal, like sometimes it's it's good to be like very specific about like what that goal is, to, like what it is you want to be. You know, like you talk to, you know, people and they're like, you know, I want to be just like you know Barack Obama. That's very specific. So, but at least it kind of gives you like an actual goal to like, and then you kind of go march backwards from there. Like, you know, what did you do at this step? What did I do at this step? So. Again, I think it comes back down to like mentoring as well, yeah. you know, like just having good mentors and being able to like kind of see people who are like going through the process as well. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're interested in, you know, IR, the particular program, it's kind of like a newer residency track at this point, you know, trying to contact someone who's in that program at that particular place and trying to get information from them Yeah, would also be really good too. So, How to be a good mentee. Yes. You know, if you found a mentor, most people will say in academic medicine are happy to be a mentor. Yeah. How to be a good mentee, you know, always stepping up when they ask you to do something, you yeah. know. And I'm not talking about, like, you know, mundane things. I, I'm research. Yeah. You know, folks who put out papers, they want to know that you'll try. Yes. You know, you might write. You might write a paper or write a couple pages and it may get ripped up. But I think the initiative. Trying. Trying yes. it means it means the world to the actual paper writer and the researcher, yeah. um, and just being available and, and you know be, being helpful not only when you need something you know it's just kind yes. of basic ways of treating other people you know treating people treating people how you want to be treated you know they're they're humans like you said yeah well, and they exactly and right. they they want and they're under a lot of pressure about. too you know they're under a lot of pressure too at these programs you know trying to like you know you know be. A, trying to do all the work that they need to do also try to push out the papers and then also trying to like you know make sure that they're there for the residents so like you know trying to think about you know their perspective as well and trying to find little things where you can help them out you know like if they have a med student following them around maybe you can be like hey med student can come follow me around for a little bit and uh, they would love you for that yeah i mean those, <laughs> those are those are little things that help you out right there yeah. and uh, it also helps you become a good mentor as well so oh yeah we uh we talked about this on a previous episode yeah. But RSNA is basically the uh, all-star weekend of radiology, <laughs> and uh, people lose their minds out there. They sure do. They really do. I mean, I went, I went one, two years. I had like an abstract. Um, I mean, it is nice to. It's the biggest medical conference, you know, like in the, I think in the world. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. you know, like a lot of vendors, a lot of people from everywhere. It's Chicago. It's like cold. It's in the big. It's in the middle of like this huge center, um, the uh, convention center downtown. Yep. So. You get to interact with a lot of people. You get to see a lot of people. You get to, you know, feel like you know you're you're there with like people who are like like-minded, which is really really nice. Yeah. Um, and I think I had a good experience because, uh, you know, I went with like some of my co-residents, which was really nice, and uh, we were able to kind of meet different people and even, you know, talk to different programs and stuff when I was looking at fellowships. So that that was a really nice experience for me. Yeah, and, and you know, it's it's really motivating to see all these brilliant minds, to see all this new technology. To see things that you would never even think of during training, mm -hmm. uh, people are doing them, man. And you just feel like you're a part of this, like this, this brainchild of medicine. Yeah. And for me, I remember being both overwhelmed but also very motivated. Like, yeah, yeah I'm here. I, I belong. I felt like I had arrived in like the smartest discipline in medicine Absolutely. or specialty in medicine. And that said, if you want to see people, meet people, network, talk to people, choose, if you can, choose one of those smaller conferences. Like, That's actually good. I remember going to Montreal to the SNR com or S um, um, Neuroradiology Conference in Montreal mm -hmm. probably five years ago or so. But it was um, that was a great experience, and you got to meet a lot of people and network and shake hands. And um, but RSNA is a bit overwhelming. To it can be overwhelming. Question. There's a yeah. lot, lot going on. You feel like you're missing out the whole time. Yeah, that, that's yeah. There's so much going on. You always feel like you're like not getting something. But uh, yeah, I feel like Rankin Ray was really nice. I went to Rankin Ray a I couple times. It's A R R S, I think, and that was a really nice conference. They actually sent us as like chief residents from our program, and um, it's a smaller conference. Get to meet more people. It's more academic. It's more like I think it's more geared towards residents. So that was that was really nice. So, but RSNA has those pockets though. You know, there are like like resident like 
specific yeah. activities yeah. that you can do there. So definitely worth the trip. Yeah, definitely, definitely worth the trip. Worth it to at least go once. Yeah, you don't want to sure. be like you didn't go. So definitely got to go. Definitely got to check it out. So any other questions at all? Or comments or um, anything? Feel free. Feel free to contact us. Yes. You know we. Are, I. You know, like I said in the beginning, this is all about being a help. To anybody interested in radiology, putting a face to the journey and just trying to be as honest and upfront as I can. You know, Saad and I, on another episode, we talk about how I had no mentors that looked like me. I had no mentors that had my, my, my experience, my background. Yeah. And that was difficult. That's true. That was difficult on more than one occasion. And so if I can lessen that for someone else, Very I, I would be happy about that. Um, and if I can help someone succeed, obviously we like to help folks. So, yeah. I have a random question. Sure. Um, it is related to radiology, but I just want to know what you guys like to do for fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> talk a lot about the interview process and the questions, and you guys, a lot of you guys are in your fourth years of interviewing, or even specifically what you did after your last interview and between your last interview and match day. So mm. I time, right? Oh yeah. It was. It was. What'd you do, Sad? Well, thanks, babe, for the question. That's my wife. <laughs> what did I do? Um, well, I like to. I like to play pickup basketball. So that's always something I like to do. Always, always, always. And uh, what did I do during? Huh? I don't remember. I'll just say this. I feel like. Match day is for the students, and graduation is for the parents, it's for mm. the family. Yeah. So like, don't take match day lightly. Like, it's a big deal that like, you know, you kind of went through this whole process and you like got to a place and hopefully like on that Monday, you guys get letters that say that, you know, you matched and hopefully, like, is it Wednesday or Thursday, I think, where you like, you know, you, you get to figure out where exactly where you're gonna be. I mean, it's, it's, it's really important to like savor those moments, like, celebrate it like understand that like you know that was that's a major major accomplishment absolutely you know like don't let that like just pass by um and then you know get all your partying out there because uh graduation for the family it's gonna be you, you taking the family around and like showing them like the classrooms and stuff so i think that's uh that's what i would say yeah um match day for me i lost my mind afterwards <laughs> i was um it was St. Patrick's Day. Oh, yeah. It's always so, like mid-March. Yeah. Oh, my right. God, man. It was insane. <laughs> it was prepared to be insane. Yeah. Um, but I had a good time. A lot, of, a lot of loud music, a lot of drinks flowing. And to see your other classmates so happy and yeah. so relieved, you yeah. know you have those classmates that are stressed to the hill. And to see them, like, let loose and be so happy about their accomplishments, I remember being surprisingly more happy about that than, it, than yeah. most other yeah, things. No, and then my wife, she, when she matched, it was the same thing. Like she matched and all her classmates and people you care about. It's just a very happy, joyous time. You should do whatever the heck you want to do um, yeah. after that. Because um, you deserve it. Absolutely. You absolutely deserve it. Yeah. No, I agree. I think um, I have another funny story. So like I, I applied to a bunch of residency programs, but then I came to GW and then you know, hit it off with some of the residents and the uh, attending there. And, um, you know, they don't really tell you that, like, you're, like, ranked to match. And ranked to match just basically means that, like, if the program has, like, six spots, that you're in, like, their top six. That's what that means. And um, they didn't really say I was ranked to match, but I kind of felt like I was. So, like, I actually, like, was in Cleveland. I got, like, this, uh, like, a, a, <laughs> a Nationals hat. The Nationals had just come back to D.C. and it said D.C. on it. Nice. And I bought the hat before match day. Very cocky. Very cocky. <laughs> and um, basically, I had uh, <laughs> I had one of like my uh, friends basically like take a, a draft photo with me. Like when I got that when, when I got the letter, it was very nervous. I was more nervous about like having the wrong hat. Oh yeah, right. Like <laughs> what you look like. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, oh, that might not work out. Um, but uh, it worked out though. So you know, the things are part of believing. You know, believing that like you can do it. Believing that like. You know, when you have that feeling from a program, I had that feeling from GW when I was, you know, when I got, uh, when I interviewed there and met the people there, and um, you'll know. It's tough to like say, but like you'll you'll know, you'll know, the, you'll know where you're, where you're gonna end up. Like you'll have a good feeling, hopefully. And um, I will say this, you know, I had a, I had a buddy who like uh, applied radiology and like 
he didn't necessarily match the program he wanted. He kind of went pretty low on his uh, rank scale. But um, and he wasn't too happy like on on match day, you know, because he like yeah yeah kind of went you know low on the low on the list. But you know he put in his time where he had to put in his time for four years. Ended up doing the fellowship he wanted to do. So like even in the case that you don't necessarily match into the program, you might you know you thought you wanted to be at like you know if you have faith you'll kind of understand that like you know there's a plan out there for you. You know you feel like you might want to be at a place, but then that place didn't didn't put you on there like you know it's their loss yeah. you know it's, it's their loss you know like you're gonna be a superstar wherever you go so and like you're gonna you're gonna carry the squad wherever you go so yeah, that, yeah. that's important to, to remember put them so, on your back exactly let's go LeBron stock exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what do I like to do for fun too uh, you know it's nice if you can go to a residency program residency program or a fellowship program where you have your sports teams mm -hmm. you have an arena where you know go see a concert, you know, those sorts of things kind of help me get through. Yeah. Um, just, you know, normal stuff like that. And if you're not in a place, you can travel. Absolutely. You know, so you get a little bit more flexible of a schedule, especially during the first year of radiology. I don't think you're doing a lot of calls. So, like, plan a lot of trips there you go. and uh, get out get away and come back because that radiology is not going anywhere. It's, it's going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a great question. Um, but I think we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up here. Um, we really appreciate you guys uh, having us here, and uh, thank you for letting us coerce you to make us come over here. We really wanted to come. Yeah, we sure <laughs> did. It's and, an honor. Yes, and we'll come back anytime. Like uh, in the case that people want to talk about anything else, um, medicine related, not medicine related, you know, we can always come back and talk to you guys. We're here. We're local, um, and we felt like it was important to come here because we are local. Um, but you can definitely, again, can podcast should be out soon if it's not out already it'll be just reading room talk on ig and on twitter and at gmail yeah so till next time thank you guys very much uh stay low and uh, keep firing keep firing man. <laughs> hit us on ig at reading room talk and drop a line or voice note to reading room talk at gmail.com so we can discuss your case Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever you get your pods, preferably in between cases.